So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Mean Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. Once again, it's your girl. It's me. It's I am Olivia Fox. And thank you guys so much so much for tuning in for another episode. Look, the word has been spreading, but I need you to continue to do it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. The Olivia Fox podcast is right here and we need to know how we doing. That's how I get my, that's how I get my groove on. I hear what you like. I improve. I take a little of this, add a little of that, and we all come together and enjoy this space together. So thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Today, we have a very, very special guest, uh, a man whose voice has been been called like like butter, like smooth, like syrup. I have seen this man, I would say maybe 20 years ago. He may not even remember. But when I tell you I'm looking at his face right now, this man has not aged. Please, please, please welcome to the Olivia Fox podcast. It's Kenny Lattimore. Hey, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to talk with you. And uh, gosh, yes, I remember coming up and just connecting with you and to, to have this moment. I, I feel really special. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for accommodating uh, me. Really. Uh, it means a great deal. I know you're very, very busy. First and foremost, got to congratulate you because I hear you have a new, new little life yeah. in your, oh, in your life. Tell us all about wow. her. Skyler Lee. She is, uh, she is quite the production, the, the most amazing production ever. I mean, she's uh, brought so much life to our family, to our home. Um, a new beginning for me because uh, I have a 20-year-old son who's brilliant. He's in college, and I have him off uh, doing business. But uh, to have a new life and to be a father to a daughter has been uh, a, a different kind of responsibility. You know, we talk about oh, you know, I'll be the first man that she loves or, or what have you, but I will also be the person to set the standard of men for her life, how she's to be treated, how she is to be spoken to uh, and communicated with, how is she, how she's to be cherished. So uh, that, that kind of responsibility, I am stepping up to the plate and looking at her beautiful little face <laughs> and saying, man, I don't, ooh, I might have to fight off some dudes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that a new life can come and just completely change your life, you know, for the better, of course, but it's a different, it's a different road now. Cause you know, 20 years ago you had your child. Now you're wiser, you're older, you're still handsome, very talented. What do you wish you knew on the first kid that you know now that you're like, okay, now I feel a little bit better about where I'm going because, you know, there's no handbook on parenting. But is there something that you wish you knew then that you know now as far as being a father? Wow, thank you so much. Um, you know, I can't quite. I think that because I have more maturity, I'm just more stable and patient. Uh, and I think I've always had this patient thing about me. And uh, I've always been kind of a quiet I'm a slow mover. 
And when I say a slow mover, I'm the guy that if it's an earthquake, I'm not, I'm not a person that panics right away. I go, right. okay, wait, grab your things here. It's just like things go in faster motion in my mind so that I can kind of take my time and not like freak out. So uh, I'm still that way, but I just see me in a more secure place in who I am as her father and a more secure place in how I move and accepting the fact that I know who I am so that when people are like, aren't you, aren't you afraid? Don't you? And I'm like, no, I'm not afraid. Uh, what I need to do is we need to take care of this. We need to take it. You know, I'm one of those people moving with purpose because of my maturity. Moving with purpose. That, that, you know, and that's one of the good things about getting older is getting a little bit more patient and remaining wiser. Now, you've been in the game. Kenny Lattimore is with this R&B singing sensation. You know, you've been in this game for a couple of decades now and you're continuing to thrive and, you know, you've got this new life. So how... Will that change you as you go out on the road? Because we know you, you know, you got to go out and promote the album and perform. How are you going to pull that off? It's the same kind of maturity that we talked about in raising the child. I have to look at myself and I do have to accept those things that I'm not 25. So I have to be wiser in making sure that um, I am sleeping, getting my rest. Because that's number one. But number two, if there are vocal exercises, if there are certain kinds of foods that I need, Whatever it is that makes me the best that I could possibly be, I try to stay in tune to that so that I can show up at my best at all times. So that is definitely one thing that happens with maturity because when you're younger, you want to party. You want to, you want to see everybody and hang out and all that. And um, after you've done that a bunch of times, <laughs> you realize that, right. that its value is not as great. Uh, the value is in you showing up. Uh, and giving people the absolute best that you have. Absolutely. And as you get older, you do kind of figure it out. Like, okay, well, when I was younger, this was the bomb being out in the streets right. or whatever. But when I say, you better catch me before I go in because I'm not coming out. I mean that. And I think that happens as you get older because I can remember planning weekends, you know, on Monday. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, <laughs> you remember, Kenny, you yeah. know, those good old days. <laughs> So tell us about the new album, um, what you're doing to promote it, who joined you in producing it, putting it together. What was the vision behind this? Tell us a little bit about the album. The album is entitled Here to Stay. And uh, it, this is uh, the Never New Song is only the second radio release from the project. First one was a, th- a song called Take a Dose, which went to number one, which I'm super happy about because it was my second number one after For You, which is you know, a 25 year span. So that doesn't happen to a lot of people. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. The album really came about because I was speaking with a gentleman named Dracar Madison Wesley. He's, he's an artist. We call him Madison. And Madison says, hey, you know what? could you help me to do a couple things? I want to put some music out. I want to do a few uh, releases and all. And I was like, okay. So I, I got on the phone. I made some calls to some labels, uh, like distribution companies, things like that. Because I, you know, I feel like, yes, we're in a digital age where people 
have these wonderful social media followings and all of that. But there's still nothing quite like the power of a great marketing or branding company or label behind you. So I was like, maybe I can take my resources and help you to put your music out. He was like, great. But when I got on the phone and really started talking about it, everybody was like, yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. But (laughs) would you do a Kenny? The good but. (laughs) And when they said that, I was like, I I wasn't even thinking about doing a contemporary album because I had started to create this vision of doing an orchestral album, which is on its way. And um, I had to just stop for a minute and say, wait a minute, what do I need to help this young man? Because mentoring is really at the center of my heart. I've done heavy mentoring most of my life. So the album really became almost a mentoring project where I said, okay, Madison, if you're not offended that they've asked for a Kenny album when I was actually asking them for something for you, then why don't you produce this album? Why don't you write the song? Be be the lead writer on all of this. And I said, I've got a couple things in my bag, you know, <laughs> that you may not know about, but you do eight, I'll do two that I'll take lead on. Wow. And I went to uh, the studio with him and he just started writing. And then I had two other producers, Daryl Simmons being one who did Never Move. And I had another song called Only Girl that I had been holding on to for about a year. And uh, which is always great too. When you find a good song, you hold on to it. I don't care what happens. You can always go back and forth. Right, right. And uh, so the, the, the album was birthed right after that. And, you know, Madison did such a phenomenal job that people are really reacting to it. And, and I want to, I want to preface, uh, or something I want to clarify that, not preface, but I want to clarify that this album is for the new adult. People that got the Kenny Lattimore album, that they got an, uh, from the soul of man and all of that two decades ago. Um, I, I'm grateful because a lot of those people still rock with me. But Here to Stay is a whole different sound and a whole different approach because it is for the adult now that might have been 10 years old before you came out. (laughs) There's now 30 or 35 and they're discovering love for the first time and all. Their language and how they communicate is a little different than the people that got the Kenny Lattimore album. They can still relate to the Kenny Lattimore album. But the approach musically is different. So I had to really become a student all over again to the younger generation Mm -hmm. in order to produce this project. The fact that you were willing artistically to evolve into something else um, says a lot about you as an artist, because, you know, a lot of times we see artists where, you know, they'll stay and there's nothing wrong with their original sound because that's what people know. But then when you see an artist evolve into something else and you're like, wow, I am feeling this. I cannot believe that I was such a fan a quarter of a, a hundred years ago. And then this, this brother's out here and he's still doing it. I mean, there aren't, like you said, there aren't a lot of artists that are multi-generational that have the ability, the talent and the skill set to, to last that long, Absolutely. you know, and still be going. And a lot of times, which when is you, amazing, when you start in this business, you really aren't necessarily thinking that far down the line. Um, a lot of times, you're just thinking, if I could just have another one hit now, if I could have one. And then in, in the back of your brain, you probably think, and I, if you have that number one, that it'll last forever, but it doesn't. Um, it does and doesn't. When I say it doesn't, um, yes, the song lasts and, and lives on for generations and generations. The height 
the intensity of the moment. That's really what it is. It's not the music, right. I'm sorry. It's the intensity and uh, that those of those moments that, that change through the years. The people that knew you and all, you know, so it doesn't feel exactly the same. So it's interesting having younger fans following Take a Dose and Take a Dose going to number one and then having that Never Knew, which in a way, Never Knew is my... Um, my ode to the nineties because it I love the nineties. Like it, it feels like the nineties with a new twist on it to me. Uh Daryl Simmons produced it, who made so many hits in the nineties. Um with, with Tony Braxton and Boyce. I mean just humongous uh hits uh with his best friend Babyface and um calling him to lead, lead the way with this song uh, was just, uh, it was a, like the perfect storm. It was a perfect situation because this song is one of those uh, numbers that could have been any anybody's song, but it just happens to right. have me singing it, and I'm appreciative. It's amazing to be able to pick up the phone and get someone on that caliber oh. and be able to have access yeah. to them. Yeah. That's another beautiful thing because people don't understand the importance of relationships and keeping those relationships thriving and not just, you know, coming through when you need something, but, you know, really feeding that relationship over decades, that makes a world of difference. People don't understand, you know, how important that personal, you know, contact you have with someone, what a difference that can make in not only your personal life, but in your instance, professional as well. Absolutely. And you can hear it, you know? And that's a very powerful, that's amazing. powerful lesson and powerful thing that you're saying because it's really something that people should adopt in life across the board. You never know the power of a relationship when you'll need oh. someone again for any reason. And it's always good to treat people well, to be kind yes. to folks because you'll never know when you're going to need it back. And, uh, and even if you don't think you needed that, it's just good to have. It's a good practice. It is. It is. Because you never know. They used to say, the, you know, the world was six degrees of separation. I don't even think it's that anymore. You know, with the Internet, it's more like one right. and a half, you know, maybe two. Because all you got to do is Google somebody. OK, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, mm, I know you and I know your brother right. and da, 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 da. Speaking of which, social media, technology, how has that changed your idea and your viewpoint of what it is that you do as an artist? Has it had an impact on the way you move? Did you have to kind of start to embrace social media? Did you find that that's helped you? What are your thoughts on technology and as far as how it impacts uh, artists? It definitely, social media definitely was a process for me to embrace <laughs> because I used to be like what we're adding something extra for me to do after all the stuff I'm already doing I'm tired you know <laughs> but um it is a very interesting phenomenon that you can talk directly to some of your favorite artists and uh, mm -hmm. that I mean that in itself is like whoa people that you never would be connected to uh, you don't have to worry about, oh, do I have this person's phone number anymore? You can DM people and, and you hope that they see it. Like, I have to admit, so that if anybody's listening to this, I don't see all the DMs. I have a social media team that helps me with everything because it's a lot of work. 
So I respect people who have uh, social media platforms that have become wealthy or, or not even wealthy. I'm not going to say wealthy because just to uh, or, or make a living, let me say that, who are making a living off of social media. That is something. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and I admire those that are content creators because it's a gift. And fortunately, yes. I have my wife is an amazing content creator. Thank God. <laughs> Because I would be lost in it. And, and it's the reason why I knew that about myself from the very beginning. I said, you know what? I'm going to hire someone to help me to manage this. And I've had some great leaders who helped me to understand what the process was. I was one of the first R&B people to even have a website. So we've been dealing with technology mm. from the beginning. But um, I, I never tried to uh, lead it completely. But I try to make sure that it's authentic. So that people are talking right. with me, it's like, oh no, this is me. This is what I, I want to say back. And uh, but I, I just always need a little help to do it. But I think that it not only connects the fans to their artists in that personal way that I was just mentioning, but it also uh, it allows us to self market, which we were not able to do before. Yes. We were completely dependent on labels to spend money and go to certain places. Um, so this is a great way to expand our reach. Yeah. I, I think every, you know, a lot of times people try to throw away old resources and embrace the new or what have you. But really, in this day and age, there is so much content that I think you need a little bit mm-hmm. of everything. You do. You do. One thing I've noticed uh, with music and artists, you know, like on platforms like TikTok, before it was the other, I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, you know, you can be an unknown artist and somebody sample your song and the song go viral. And there you are. There have been many artists who have come up, you know, on that way. Of course, you know, anybody can go viral. The The whole idea, like we were talking about earlier, is being able to to stay around and, and have, you know, different generations embrace your art. And sometimes that's not the case, but it has changed the game a lot with, you know, artists and exposure. It's almost like, you know, artists are getting away from radio, traditional radio. Um, I wanted to ask you this because I remember, you know, 20 years ago, Neo Soul was so big, R&B artists, real, and I'm, I'm going to say it, some, some people going to be mad, but I'm going to say it, artists that could actually sing, you know, with no, <laughs> with no samples that, that could actually sing. Um, and we've kind of seen that kind of move evolve um, with the industry. And we could talk all day about that, but what are your thoughts about um, Neo Soul, the way they labeled R&B music during that time? Do you think it's still relevant, the name, the title, or has it evolved to be more than just Neo Soul? I think it's evolved into being more than, uh, it was, well, really, let's say this, it's always been more than just Neo Soul. It's been rhythm and blues. And just out of maybe human nature or the nature of business, we are into categories. We just have always been into categories as people. So I think that the good part about Neo Soul was that there was something to say for the new generation of artists that were coming up. Or we could have been lost because they were still Gladys and Stephanie Mills and the Whispers. They they were still killing it while we were trying to get our career started. (laughs) You're right. you're right. Was it opened a, a, a window for us to exist and not be constantly compared? I remember people writing books and 
it was one of the first times I had ever uh, seen my name in a book. And uh, somebody said, oh, you know, there's Kenny Lattimore and there's Maxwell, but uh, they'll never be like, uh, like completely, they're, they're really good, but they'll never be quite like the way Marvin Gaye was. And statement is, <laughs> like, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, I guess we won't, you know, for, for many reasons. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. One, you have a memory and there's a there's already this this footprint, you know, this audio footprint of your life being lived to Marvin Gaye's music. We will never be able to live up to that, whether we could sing as well as him or not. Uh, so where is our moment? So Neo Soul was created so that we would have our moment and we've had it. Um, thank God. So. As we continue, though, as we continue to grow and R&B music continues to to uh, be heard, because that's the whole thing. We start talking about radio versus, I mean, we used to only be able to listen to radio and radio did not have categories necessarily. Sure, you had a country station or you had a rock and roll station, but if you're driving in your car, you're going to stumble across that from time to time. So. We built this city, might be on. Uh, we built right. this city on rock. And it's like, that's not my, uh-huh. maybe what I would have right. initially listened to, but there wasn't a barrier there for me. Right. Now we are in a, we're in a day and age where there are barriers where either you know where you're going to listen to music or you don't. Maybe right. there's something that I'm not aware of that would make the average hip hop listener or alternative listener cross paths, but I don't, I'm not sure it's the same as what we had growing up. So the music did move away from the singing, singing part. And I think that was because we got into analytics and numbers so much that we got away from art. We got away from reality. Yes. And that's why AI is so big now because there's a fascination with can we still produce those numbers without the people? There it is. <laughs> well, that there's an interesting you know, dilemma that we have there because um, you might be able to, but when people want to experience that artist, what happens? They have to watch it on TV or, or next time, maybe there'll be a robot that does the whole performance and the interview. We want to know who the person is. We want to know about their life experience. There's so much more depth that I don't think that the technology can give us. Well, maybe not yet. Maybe we'll be completely fooled one day. And they'll be. Um, I hope I not. Hope not because it, I hope there's not. There's still something very amazing and special about just being a human being, flawed, and on that perfect, and letting people know that uh, that life is something. The journey's beautiful, and we're doing all of this together. And it's not because we're trying to be this perfect anything. But I listen to my son talk sometimes, and a lot of the kids do know the difference between good singing. <laughs> They do. Do they? That's awesome. Can they do it? <laughs> Some can. That is the question. And, and it's because the music has been taken out. The music was taken out of schools somewhere in the 80s, 90s, uh, where the last year. Yes. And when music was taken out of schools, then you had to go into special places to nurture your right. gift. 
So we're dealing with a whole generation or several generations of kids who who didn't get a chance to play instruments just because. I never even, I, you know what? I never even thought about that. I never thought about that, but that makes so much sense now, but I never thought about and that. They, and now they're listening they back just, and you, hey, Jasmine Sullivan singing and folks are like, what in the world? This is, where did this beast come from? <laughs> you know, she is incredible right. and, and beautiful and confident. And, but it's, it's like they're hearing, they have to go backwards. That's what, that, you're starting to hear this whole thing about the 90s. Because I think this mm-hmm. generation of new, what are they called? Uh, it's alpha. It's a whole different thing. Alpha. Oh, those are the young alpha. and young. Young and youngest are listening to the '90s and all of that too, because they're going, "Wow, this is just different than what we've been fed, what we've right. been marketed." And um, I think that there's a lot of hope for new artistry and great new music. I'm going to hold on to that hope with you because I love all kinds of music. And like you said, when we were coming up, there weren't the barriers. I mean, it was nothing to listen to Bon Jovi and Leonard Skinner and then Run DMC. I mean, you had that variety and, you know, Top 40. I remember Top 40 radio. They played a little bit of everything. It's kind of like Jack FM now. Mm -hmm. They kind of play a little bit of everything. But anyway, as I digress. (laughs) Now, how can people catch up with Kenny Lattimore? I know you say you have a team that does your social media, but if somebody wants to see Kenny Lattimore perform live. Are you doing a tour? Will you be doing a tour? How can we get at you? Uh, I'm hoping to do a tour towards the the beginning of the year. And I know that people probably hear me talk about touring over and over again, and I have not done it for year after year after year. Um, But let me try to split split that answer into two. One, you can go to KennyLattimore.com. Everything all-encompassing is there. Social media, and a VIP list. It's, I call it a VIP lounge where if you just sign up for my VIP lounge, it's an email that'll come out to you. So you don't have to search for me. You don't have to look. I'll send you an email and just let you know what I'm doing. I don't do it a whole lot, maybe once a month. So you're not getting a flood of emails. If something special comes right. up, like I'm going to be on the Sherry Shepherd show, you might get an email for the VIP lounge. But other than that, I try to keep you informed because I am probably, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Hmm. I am an artist that was not actually given uh, a touring platform to my career initially. My first tour on the road was with Barry White. I was very honored to be an opening act for him. But there are some artists that music executives choose to be touring artists. And there are certain artists that were not chosen. I was not initially chosen as a touring artist so as a result you didn't see these corporations like pepsi and coke or whatever come behind me and all every year kenny latimer was coming to the stadium some artists were um so i've done more uh a lot of private events thank god for for you being the wedding song that did yes i was just gonna ask you that (laughs) because i really probably don't ever have to tour or ever do but I don't, I don't want to just be in that one-dimensional space either. I love to see my fans that love more songs than just for you, that, that love the albums. So as a result, I do a lot of uh, what they would call uh, one-off dates, sh- your shows. So I put those on the website, and I email them out for you at the uh, VIP Lounge. 
But there is a friend of mine who I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't like to do the whole, guess what? Something's coming, but I'm not going to really let you know. I don't like to do that. Right. <laughs> but a friend of mine is working on an album right now and we just do it. And I'm hoping that it, that her album explodes, explodes, and that it will put us both on the road together because I think that it would be something that people really like. But because it's not my album, <laughs> I don't want to begin to set the stage for anything. I want her to have her moment because it's her. Right. But I would love to support her. And in supporting her, I think it would be an amazing experience for my audience. So I'm hoping something happens in January. But until then, I'm going to make sure to get on the road and maybe get, I might have to do some club dates. Like I'm going to be at the Inkwell in New York. Now, New York was my biggest audience for many, many years. Uh, but I have not performed in New York very often. In the like in the last ten years, I have not performed in New York uh, very often. So uh, we're going to be at a place called the Inkwell. Uh, check that out through my social media or at KennyLattimore dot com. We're going to be there this weekend. And um, yes, but touring, I love. I love being in front of the audience because they get to see the alter ego. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like me sitting here talking to you. you this is the real Kenny Lattimore. But on stage, it's not that I'm not authentic on stage, but you get to see a whole different side of who I am when I take the stage. Do you have a do you have a uh, regular Kenny Lattimore name and then performance? <laughs> do you have Kenny Lattimore and then maybe you know Tyrone over right. here or you know? You know what? I've had I've had several people <laughs> Lincoln. Several people have named me different things. <laughs> Uh, one, I, I've been called DeMarco. That's that's not Kenny, right? That's DeMarco on stage. DeMarco. I can see that. I can see that. Said, nah, that's Dwayne. He just acted out. That's just <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> so I've had different names that, that people have named me. Uh, and I pro- it would probably keep evolving. <laughs> right. That's cool, though. It's fun. To be able to pivot like it's that. It's so much fun because I get to be some of the characteristics of some of my greatest male influences. I get to be a little bit of Barry White when I saw him on being on the road. I get to be my own father on the road sometimes. I get to be Nat Cole. I get to be Fred Astaire if I want. I get to I, I combine all of these things together and you get my influences. I get to be Luther, you know, for a minute, you know. And um but the more that I'm on the road, the more consistent. All these things are, they really are pieces of me. But uh, I just right. still like to call out the influences and give them their just due. Because if it were not for the you know, Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye's and you know, some of the, the artists that my mom had me listen to growing up, Tony right. Bennett, that's why I want you to know that it's, it's, it's a lot of different people. Seal, a lot of different people, a really great friend of mine, Yvonne May. Uh, we were talking and she used to describe to me before I had ever seen Seal what his show was like. And she may not even realize to this day, but just from her description of Seal, I began to think what it would look like in my brain. And I began to create my persona of what I wanted to be on stage from what she was saying. So it's a combination of all the male influences that were probably very different from who the real Kenny Lattimore, when I say the real Kenny Lattimore, the Kenny Lattimore that was shy and quiet 
and very introverted and afraid. Really, I had to do a lot of things afraid. And that's what you know, young artists, when they're coming up, this can be a very brutal industry because of the criticism. Yes. With social media giving access to you, there's a lot of social media bullying and all kinds of things that, that happen to mm-hmm. us when we're on our journey to creating who we are. Because a lot of times we don't know who we are when we start out. We've just been yep. given a wonderful opportunity. But um, it's one of the reasons why I mentor so much as well. I, I try to create a safe space for artists to come and talk, make mistakes, be empowered, uh, and, and give them some tools that they can use so that the world doesn't kill your gift before they can ever hear it. Yes. Oh, that's deep. That is so deep. And you see it happening. And I think, you know, the, what, what you're talking about instilling in young people, I think, is one of the main reasons why people don't have longevity in the industry or they end up getting swallowed, swallowed up and destroyed, quite frankly, um, because they don't they don't have these coping skills or they are coming in as a deficit with the self-esteem issues and having to communicate. If you think about the younger generation, a lot of them aren't communicating face to face like us right. right now. You know, everything is text. You can't text tone. You can't text, you know, expressions. It's just straight you know, wording. And so when you have an opportunity to talk to someone, you may not be able to do that because you're not used to, you know, having that, those human eyes looking at you and talking back and forth. So um, that's, that's amazing. I think that's something that should be tried to be um, duplicated in other, you know, in in other uh, genres of music because it's missing, especially in hip hop. You know, I tell people, be careful what you wish for, you know, because everybody, I want to be put on. I want to make money. I want to be famous. But you don't know what comes with that. One of those things that comes with that is you can't do what you want to do. You can't. And we're seeing you might think you can, but you can't. Because we're we're seeing these artists go to jail. Is that what you really want? Is that what's giving you credit? Is your street cred what you want? Or do you actually want? a life because life lasts so much longer than you just being 20. If you decide, if you want to, unfortunately, a lot of people don't think they're going to live past a certain age. Isn't that scary? It's totally mm. scary. But if you want to live past, you can, you can have an amazing life and it's not all about money and fame. Um, it's about quality. Now money brings a, helps to bring a different quality for sure. Um, but so many people have it that aren't famous. You don't have to be famous and all of that to have a, a wonderful and quality life or to do what you love. I had to get to a point in my yes. life where I was like, Kenny, would you be okay? What if you're just singing in church every Sunday? Can you be fulfilled singing and knowing that you're blessing people? It doesn't have to be on the same platform as John Legend or Joe or Maxwell or whoever else or Eric Benet or some of my other buddies. Um, you know, it's one of the things I really try to let people know. You have your journey, and it is completely different right. and unique from everyone else's. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Oh, man. Because um, I hear a book. Wow. I hear advice. I hear, advice, I hear, uh, maybe I I hear inspiration. I hear a testimonial. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Wow. Well, I appreciate that. At some point, uh, maybe that, that will happen. I don't personally have... I guess I have the, the life experience and the ideas of who I am and what I would say. Uh, I guess I'd need a, just a great person to work with and uh, to bring that to life. Because I have had some 
some people ask me about that. But, uh, but I appreciate you saying that at some point, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe there is. Well, I'm gonna keep an eye, know, okay, and if I see it, I'm gonna be like, ah. I don't, I don't know how many people would need a book from me. I, my mentoring is so personal that I'm like, maybe a lot of people would need it. I don't know, but I, I think about um, the way things are marketed again. Which now, I'm an example right now. I'm in my own way. How about that? I'm in my own way because I'm comparing it to something that I'm not even aware of right now. I'm thinking of if I'm putting out a successful book, it's got to get to certain people where you know, maybe my book is 4,000 people. My wife just did a book, but she's or got maybe, tons, maybe it's, tons of sales. Maybe maybe your book could be a book that could be in you know schools mm-hmm. all over the country mm-hmm. and nonprofits and organizations mm-hmm. for young people because that's what I'm so hearing. Right now, I'm just hearing a lot of I'm getting out of knowledge. Get out of the way and let God just you know whatever door doors open that makes sense. Because that's the other word that I try to tell my, my kids I mentor. Make sure things make sense. But um, sense. it won't be about who needs it because it will go to who it needs. So what you just mm-hmm. mentioned, whether it's in the school system or whatever, it'll, it'll get to who it needs to get to. But uh, it, it, the idea is to to create. So um, I, I'll, I'll try to get into that. I'll try to get a little deeper into it. What's for you shall be for you. That's for sure. I believe yeah. that. You can go out in your effort, but if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if it is for you, author Kenny Latimer, <laughs> then it is for you. Yeah, okay? I love it. I love it. <laughs> and when it happens, you're going to be like, that psychic girl <laughs> with that pretty wig on told me that a few years ago. Okay. <laughs> Kenny, <laughs> it has been such a oh, pleasure just goodness. sitting here and talking to you and just hearing about your life and your journey and your new baby and just, you are so blessed and anointed from your head to your toe. I just wish you nothing but continued blessings. Thank you. And uh, whatever I can do to support your efforts, just let me know. Thank you so much. No problem. We appreciate it. And I'm looking out for that book. It's coming. All right. It's coming. Thank you so much. much. That's going to do it for another episode of Olivia Fox Podcast. Thank you so much, Kenny Lattimore. You guys, please tell a friend to tell a friend where I am and check me out. New shows every Thursday. Write it down and we will talk again soon. The Olivia Fox Podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Online Media Podcast Network at Mean Online Media. Get the Mean Online Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Online Media production. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. (laughs) Instacart for the win.